Greetings, friends. Today is October 19th, and this is day 292 of our one-year Bible tour guide podcast, where we encourage each other to take in the panorama of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books of the Bible, with a commentary to help you get your bearings and see how it all fits together with one unifying theme and how it applies to each one of our lives. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I am pleased to be sharing today's reading from the One Year Bible with you and spending some moments reviewing daily discoveries. We are in the book of Jeremiah today, and we will be reading chapters 33 and 34. This has been a book of bad news and good news. Jeremiah proclaims the reality that sin must be punished, but he also prophesies God's merciful plan that will offer forgiveness and restoration through a righteous branch known as the Messiah. We will be reading of this today. So let's go now to Jeremiah chapter 33, and we will begin reading with verse 1. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The Lord promises peace. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time, while he was still shut up in the court of the guard. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city and the houses of the kings of Judah that were torn down to make a defense against the siege mounds and against the sword. They are coming in to fight against the Chaldeans and to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I shall strike down in my anger and my wrath. For I have hidden my face from this city because of all their evil. Behold, I will bring it health and healing, and I will heal them and reveal to them abundance and prosperity and security. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and rebuild them as they were at first. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me, and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. For they shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I provide for it. Thus says the Lord, In this place of which you say, it is a waste without man and beast. In the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man or inhabitant or beast, there shall be heard again the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voices of those who sing as they bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as at first, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In this place that is waste, without man or beast, and in all of its cities, there shall again be habitations of shepherds resting their flocks, in the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the Shephelah, and in the cities of the Negeb, in the land of Benjamin, the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah. Flocks shall again pass under the hands of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The Lord's Eternal Covenant with David Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called, The Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, and the Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to make sacrifices forever. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that day and night will not come at their appointed time, then also my covenant with David my servant may be broken, so that he may not have a son to reign on his throne, and my covenant with the Levitical priests my ministers. As the host of heaven cannot be numbered, and the sands of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the offspring of David my servant, and the Levitical priests who minister to me. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, Have you not observed that these people are saying, The Lord has rejected the two clans that he chose? Thus they have despised my people, so that they are no longer a nation in their sight. Thus says the Lord, If I have not established my covenant with day and night and the fixed order of heaven and earth, then I will reject the offspring of Jacob and David my servant, and will not choose one of his offspring to rule over the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will restore their fortunes, and will have mercy on them. Chapter 34 Zedekiah to Die in Babylon The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, when Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and all his army and all his kingdoms of the earth under his dominion and all the peoples were fighting against Jerusalem and all of its cities. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah king of Judah, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. You shall not escape from his hand, but shall surely be captured and delivered into his hand. You shall see the king of Babylon eye to eye, and speak with him face to face, and you shall go to Babylon. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah king of Judah. Thus says the Lord concerning you, You shall not die by the sword, you shall die in peace. And as spices were burned for your fathers, the former kings who were before you, so people shall burn spices for you and lament for you, saying, Alas, Lord, for I have spoken the word, declares the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet spoke all these words to Zedekiah king of Judah in Jerusalem, when the army of the king of Babylon was fighting against Jerusalem and against all the cities of Judah that were left, Lachish and Azekah, for these were the only fortified cities of Judah that remained. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to make a proclamation of liberty to them, that everyone should set free his Hebrew slaves, male and female, so that no one should enslave a Jew, his brother. And they obeyed all the officials and all the people who had entered into the covenant that everyone would set free his slave, male or female, so that they would not be enslaved again. They obeyed and set them free. But afterward they turned around and took back the male and female slaves they had set free and brought them into subjection as slaves. 
The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I myself made a covenant with your fathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, saying, At the end of seven years each of you must set free the fellow Hebrew who has been sold to you and has served you six years. You must set him free from your service. But your fathers did not listen to me or incline their ears to me. You recently repented and did what was right in my eyes by proclaiming liberty each to his neighbor, and you made a covenant before me in the house that is called by my name. But then you turned around and profaned my name when each of you took back his male and female slaves, whom you had set free according to their desire, and you brought them into subjection to be your slaves. Therefore, thus says the Lord, You have not obeyed me by proclaiming liberty, every one to his brother and to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim to you liberty to the sword, to pestilence, and to famine, declares the Lord. I will make you a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth, and the men who transgressed my covenant and did not keep the terms of the covenant that they made before me, I will make them like the calf that they cut in two and passed between its parts, the officials of Judah, the officials of Jerusalem, the eunuchs, the priests, and all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf. And I will give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their lives. Their dead bodies shall be food for the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And Zedekiah king of Judah and his officials I will give into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their lives, into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon which has withdrawn from you. Behold, I will command, declares the Lord, and will bring them back to this city. And they will fight against it, and take it, and burn it with fire. I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah. Let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. The earthly powers that be held Jeremiah in bonds in the palace courtyard. But his ministry is not restrained. God will not be confined. He speaks to Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah chapter 33 verses 2 and 3. The things Jeremiah did not know included both the bad news and the good news. The Lord would tell Jeremiah of the divine judgments coming to Judah soon. The houses of Judah would soon be filled with dead bodies. God would use the Babylonians to slay them because of his righteous anger and wrath. In Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 5, the Lord would tell Jeremiah of his merciful plan to restore Judah and make a new covenant to all Israel. He promises that Jerusalem will one day house his worship center where he will be honored by all nations. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 7 through 9. The Lord repeats His promise that the restoration would be through the righteous branch, the Messiah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 15 and 16. 
the man who will stand before the people perpetually on the throne of David, and the man who will stand before God the Father as the perfect priest, is the one who will offer the once and for all sacrifice of himself on the cross. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 17 and 18. God also makes it clear that he has not forgotten his covenant promise to Abraham, that he would multiply his seed and through his seed make a great holy nation. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 and chapter 22, verse 17. However, the seed of Abraham is now referred to as the seed of David. God is not abandoning his plan to give Israel a hope and a future and multiply their descendants. He still intends to bless all nations through the coming promised seed. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 22, we read, As the host of heaven cannot be counted, and the sand of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of David my servant, and the Levites who minister to me. Jeremiah tells King Zedekiah once again that he would see Nebuchadnezzar face to face, be taken captive to Babylon, and would die there peacefully. Zedekiah does not yet realize that Nebuchadnezzar's face would be the last he would see, as Nebuchadnezzar would have Zedekiah's eyes put out before taking him to Babylon, in Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 7. This also would fulfill the prophecy of Ezekiel, when the Lord says, I will also spread my net over him, and he will be caught in my snare, and I will bring him to Babylon in the land of the Chaldeans, yet he will not see it, though he will die there. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 13. King Zedekiah makes a covenant with the people in Jerusalem to emancipate all the Hebrew slaves. The city was about to fall. Zedekiah was attempting to appease God by freeing the slaves. He thought he could gain God's favor by correcting this injustice. God's people had been disobeying this law from the beginning. In Leviticus chapter 25, verses 39 through 42 read, if a countryman of yours becomes so poor with regard to you that he sells himself to you, you shall not subject him to a slave's service. He shall be with you as a hired man, as if he were a sojourner. He shall serve with you until the year of jubilee. He shall then go out from you, he and his sons with him, and shall go back to his family, that he may return to the property of his forefathers. For they are my servants whom I brought out from the land of Egypt." They are not to be sold in a slave sale. Leviticus chapter 25, verses 39 through 42. The short-lived repentance becomes obvious in the next verse. Jeremiah chapter 34, verse 11. But afterward they turned around and took back the male servants and the female servants whom they had set free and brought them into subjection for male servants and for female servants. Jeremiah then pronounces judgment upon them for their disobedience. Therefore, thus says the Lord, You have not obeyed me in proclaiming release each man to his brother and each man to his neighbor. Behold, I am proclaiming a release to you, declares the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, and I will make you a terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Jeremiah 34, verse 17. Although the siege against Jerusalem was temporarily lifted, Jeremiah says that the Lord himself will give the orders for the Babylonians to return to the city and take King Zedekiah, his officials, the priests, and the people into captivity. The Babylonians will be the Lord's instrument to bring judgment upon his own people. Behold, 
I am going to command, declares the Lord, and I will bring them back to this city, and they will fight against it, and take it, and burn it with a fire, and I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant. Jeremiah chapter 34, verse 22. And now is the time for moving on to our next installment from the New Testament. We will be reading Paul's letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Some will depart from the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament from Paul's first letter to Timothy. Timothy, like pastors today, must protect the flock from false teachers. Some members of the church were propagating false teachings, most likely from the Gnostics, who taught that the body was evil and only the soul mattered. They advocated asceticism, abstaining from marriage and a regular healthy diet, as a way to please God. Many wore their practices of asceticism as a badge of their righteousness before God. There are some today who wrongly advocate their piety, fasting, and meditation exercises as a superior means of gaining intimacy with God. This undermines the truth of the gospel, that only faith in the atoning work of Jesus, His substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection, gives us the access that we need to approach a holy God. Strict disciplines cannot remove your sin or improve upon your standing complete in Christ Jesus. Discipline as an outworking of the Spirit's ministry, can help us maintain focus, but it can never be a means for our gaining or maintaining a right standing with God. Satan obscures the gospel with false teachings. Teachings that contradict the gospel of Jesus Christ are doctrines of demons. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 
Those who subscribe to them are influenced by deceiving spirits. The Apostle John, who later serves as a pastor in Ephesus, will tell the Ephesians to test the spirits with the truth about Jesus' identity as God incarnate and the efficacy of his once and for all sacrifice for sin. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. These Gnostic teachers honored Jesus, but denied the truth of his person, his hypostatic union, the union of his full humanity and full deity. They believed that the God of creation was evil, and therefore the creation itself was evil, and therefore Jesus was not truly human. Have nothing to do with godless myths in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, such as a creation without God as creator, or a worldview that puts man as the center and measure of all things. Jesus is the Savior of all men, in the sense that he currently is saving men from immediate judgment by his mercy. Judgment is delayed until after death. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. This is common grace, but he is the Savior of believers in a special sense, in that he saves them from the wrathful judgment of God for all eternity. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Are you growing as a Christian? Can people see your spiritual progress in chapter 4, verse 15? Paul tells Timothy to watch his life and doctrine closely. Notice the order. People tend to change their doctrine to fit their life choices and habits. There is a danger that people will make life choices that accommodates their sinful desires and love of the world. Paul reminds Timothy of the importance of his example, his speech, his life, love, faith, and purity. He must champion the word, publicly reading it, preaching it, and teaching it. The salvation of others depends upon it. In chapter 4, verse 16. And now we move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, the Bible's song and prayer book, the book of Psalms, Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord, Psalm 89. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, Steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? a God greatly to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You shattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours, the earth also is yours the world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High is your right hand. 
We will continue to read Psalm 89 tomorrow. Let's take a few moments to think about what we have just read. This psalm starts with a resolve to worship the Lord not only with songs of praise, but by making known the gospel, testifying of God's faithfulness to all generations in verse 1. The psalmist focuses in particular upon God's steadfast love and faithfulness expressed towards his people in bringing the promised blessings spelled out in his covenant with David. We read about that covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 7. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 8 through 11a, Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make you a great name, like the names of the great men who are on the earth. I will also appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again, nor will the wicked afflict them any more as formerly. Even from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The blessings mediated through the person and work of the Messiah, the son of David, are in view here. God's righteous favor will be extended to them through the promised son of David, through whom the mercies of the Lord would be made known. It is the promise of a peaceable kingdom. The second part of the Davidic covenant is found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 11b through 16, a promise of the eternal kingdom established with the enthronement of the anticipated son of David. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. The Davidic covenant is proclaimed here, and God's faithfulness to fulfill it. Psalm 89, verses 3 to 4 read, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your seed forever and build up your throne to all generations. There is no one like God. He stands above all and beyond all, in all his attributes. There is none like him in heaven or on earth. Here again we can see the incomparable Christ in view through whom the majesty of God is displayed. O Lord God of hosts, who is like you, O mighty Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. Psalm 89, verse 8. Notice how verse 9 anticipates Jesus calming the wind and the waves with his command. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. Psalm 89, verse 9. When Jesus' disciples panicked in the storm, Jesus demonstrated that he ruled the storm. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. 
And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 41, we read, And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? In Psalm 89.10 we read, You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The picture of Rahab being crushed most likely refers to a beast from the myths of non-Israelite peoples representing the forces of chaos. The name Rahab is used in this context in Job chapter 9 verse 13. God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him bowed the helpers of Rahab. However, the name Rahab also is used by the prophet Isaiah to refer to Egypt in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 7, in Ezekiel chapter 29, and also in Psalm 87 verse 4. Today's portion of Psalm 89 concluded with verses 12 and 13, which proclaims God's supremacy over the universe, the heavens and all the earth from the north to the south. And then he speaks of his majestic power to rule over all, even the mighty mountain peaks, Mount Hermon in the north, and Tabor in lower Galilee, praise the King of Kings. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, high your right hand. Psalm 89, verses 12 and 13. Now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 25, verses 23 and 24. The north wind brings forth rain, and a backbiting tongue, angry looks. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. As inevitable as a change of weather with an incoming cold front is the trouble that comes with gossip, complaining, and backbiting. No one likes the company of a contentious person, male or female. Better to live in the corner of the roof and have some peace. Thank God for the blessing of domestic tranquility. Now let's take what we've learned before the Lord in prayer. Lord, you keep your promises. We can rest in your perfect faithfulness. We thank you that we who believe have a Savior who will save us to the uttermost. We confess our failures, acknowledge our sins, and embrace the mercy shown to us at Calvary. We thank you for washing our slate clean and delivering us once and for all from the condemnation and curse of the law. Fill us with the Spirit, establish our hearts in the knowledge of your grace, and cause us to walk in humble surrender and joyful obedience this day. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, our meditation on Him has been sweet today, and I hope that you'll join us tomorrow as we continue in these wonderful books from the Bible. If you have any questions or comments, you can write to us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you would like to receive a daily email with a written copy of our commentary with illustrations from each day's Bible reading, you can go to our website, newlife.org. So until next time... May the grace and the love of God abound in your lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Shalom.